Welcome. To Arcade Audio. Welcome to this week's episode of Married with Movies. I'm one of your hosts, Samantha Mullet. See next to me on the couch is your other host, my beautiful husband, Chris Mullet. Clean slate. 300's done. Oof. Everything's wide open. We got... we Year's half over. 300's over. All new ball game. All new year. It's the same year. I don't know what I'm saying. No one knows what you're saying, bro. It's July 6th. 2020. Someone just set fireworks off outside our house. It like Monday. Yeah, but it's the summer. They're they're lucky. I'm it's not working corona. tomorrow. You're not working tomorrow. Don't it's matter. also nine o'clock at night. It's not like we were going to bed anytime soon. No. If you bought too much, well, guess what? There's you got 364 days for those to sit in your garage. They're not going to go bad. Do fireworks go bad? I don't know. Well, I don't want to find out. We'll find out because <laughs> we have fireworks. We didn't use either. Uh, if you're new here, we talk about our lives, we talk about movies, and that's the long and the short of it. Hope you had a good 4th of July weekend. We did. We had a few people over our house. And before y'all get crazy, it was people that I work with, so I'm already around them. So if they have corona, I have corona. We kept it... We had a bigger offer. Most people did not take us up on it. We were going to have precautions in place, did not need them. So we but had we good, have a lot of hand sanitizer. Had a good, busy weekend. Did a lot of eating, a lot of drinking. Mm-hmm. Uh, we uh, did a lot of working out. Ugh. Samantha, please don't remind me. Ran with me yesterday. Ugh. Today, today, that was this sorry, morning. you ran with me. That today, was this less, morning. That was le- that was about thirteen hours ago. Yes. And in about, I've dreaded it every hour since. In about 12 hours, we're going to be doing it again. Oh my God, shut the fuck up. <laughs> like, uh, whose idea was it? Who did it? Who was the first person to run to and run? be like, oh my God, this is a great workout. Let's create a C2 5K thing to get people off their asses and running 5Ks. Like, I mean, whoever it is, they, they deserve, they, just, uh, they get I a guess. thumbs up in my book. I mean, I guess, and I know I'm complaining about it, but it is a survival skill I need to have for when the zombie apocalypse comes. Yeah, because today so that, that zombie would have eaten you very quickly. Uh, yeah, so I, I got to get on this 5K so I can outrun these zombies. Yeah, we're going to get you better. We're going to get you better, stronger, faster. Which is what I'm trying to do for 13 years, so was, I, I'm sorry, it's and my about fault. Time. Yeah, about time. Yeah, it's my fault. I, you know, I'm finally turning around and trying to bring you up with me. Um, what else have we been doing? What else have we been... Look, I was... I, I'm dead, so... So... My brain is mush because of that run. I, well, I know we have a, a couple things I want to discuss, but... Oh, yeah, the lay, The lay of the land, as, as I mentioned, so today's episode, we've been previewing it. This week's episode, next week's episode are both specials, 
in that um, if we ever have guests on the show, we allow those guests the ability to nominate movies uh, that we they would watch. They were on the fucking show! Huh? They're they not... were on the show. You have a dog no, shit memory. I know. I thought you meant like when they're guest starring, they can pick their movie. No. No. Whatever. I know that they were on the show. I know we all so our, watched uh, Jaws Samantha's together. longtime friend, Carly Coffey, and her fiancé, Tom Burkholder, were on the show uh, many moons ago for Jaws, and we had a night playing games with them online, and it was pointed out that they never got that opportunity. It's so true. they each chose uh, a movie. Well, Tom chose today's series of movies because he picked the first one, which is his favorite movie of all time, How to Train Your Dragon. And we had to watch the other two because we have them per the rules. Next week's episode is Carly's movie, To Wong Fu, Thanks for Everything, Julie Newmar. Uh, after that, we get back to our regularly scheduled programming with the random movies and the nominated movies. Then we go back to wrap it up. We got a lot going on. A lot of gimmicks, a lot of things. Um, we also have, in October, which is going to be here before you know it, we're about two months away, three months, full three, three full months away from Leprechaun October here on Meredith Movies. I got to check to see it. I thought it was supposed to be delivered today. It might, might have had a problem. Oh, yeah, it might have delivery. been a problem. might have just been lost. Um, I will make sure to handle it. I'm, Walmart and I are becoming friends in terms of shipping. Uh... So we're watching all eight Leprechaun movies in October. Today's podcast is going to start a whole new reading challenge for the podcast. Uh, Samantha will be reading two of the three boxes. I'll be reading one. Great. Uh, we also up front always talk about if we have watched, watched anything, anything. La- lately. Um, I don't know if I, remember, if I mentioned it last time we recorded. It's been, I think, like a week, week and a half since we recorded maybe. I'm not 100% positive. Uh, but I've been addicted to Pluto TV. Oh, we did talk about this. Uh, because I remember Tatiana uh, messaged us that she she was like, oh my God, parental control. I can't believe I didn't remember that. Um, Tatiana, what? Tatiana was like a toddler when oh, parental man. control was on the air. Uh, I've been Did watching... we talk about how out of all of the MTV shows that there were in this deck, parental control, mm-hmm. next, all these shows, mm-hmm. that the one Augie was on was Room Raiders? And they don't show... Why and do they not show, show Room Raiders? Raiders? If they start showing Room Raiders... And it's Augie's episode, I will... I will... I, there's no way to record it. I'm going to clockwork orange myself. If I see, like, yeah, see no, the program I'm and I'm like... I'm going to take my phone out and I'm going to yeah, record, record off my phone. it Absolutely. off my phone. Absolutely. Like, also, I just have the VHS app now, so I can just record it <laughs> as if it was actually... So if, actually if, if you are uh, new to uh, Mullet being on podcasts... Um, you probably don't know this, but friend of the show, our good friend, um, Augie Artillas, I'm sure you guys talked about this on a rock cast, mm-hmm. the early, early podcast that you and the Arcade Audio boys, Podswoggle boys did. Yes. Um, Augie was on an episode of Room Raiders. No one's ever seen this episode of Room Raiders. We um, have, Tope, we who works in the entertainment business, cannot has, find has it. tried to find this episode, used contacts, we, we've looked for it, we've tried. It exists, Augie had a copy at some point, of course Augie, Augie somehow taped over a DVD probably, um, which is enough thing. What would, it, what would Augie have taped over this DVD of him on Room Raiders? Uh, probably like, uh, like, uh, a, like a hockey porn, like the Mighty Fucks. Oh, I like that, that's yeah. a good one. Yeah. The Illusionist. Halfway in The Illusionist is going to be. Uh, so I've been watching a lot of Rift Tracks and Mystery Science Theater, so I've been watching a lot yes, of real shitty that. movies, which has been Did great. Did we talk about how we watched The Floor is Lava? 
I don't know if we I don't know if we did. We, we watched, watched The Floor is Lava on Netflix. Great, mm-hmm. easy, fun, stupid. Oh, I'm going on that show. Concept. We're that going, we I'm running this 5K quickly. so I can go. I'm doing this running okay. so I can go on The Floor is Lava. Good. Even though there's no running involved, there's just a lot of climbing. Good. And monkey bars, which I would be shit at. You'd be shit at. I'd be, I, 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 I'm horrible. I've always been horrible at that. I just don't have the coordination and the upper body strength to do it. I'm working on the upper body strength. I'm trying. I'm trying to get real jacked. You're so stupid. Uh, it's a podcast, and I'm flexing. Uh, we also watch. We stayed up super duper late Friday night and watched Hamilton on Disney Plus. And we bawled like a baby. Uh, I cried. If you've been listening to the so show for a while, fun. you know that Hamilton is. A huge part of our lives. We've seen it uh, in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Performed we live. We loved it since it. hundreds of times. Our daughter's middle name is Eliza, partially because of Hamilton. Uh, so yeah, so we weren't going to let that day go by without having finally watched it while we were pre- prepping 4th of July festivities and baking cakes and going to the store and doing whatever else. And yeah, it was absolutely incredible. I've been dying to amazing. rewatch it. I was wondering, let's, let's start this podcast up and stay up and just rewatch it before we go to bed tonight. Um, it's been... Wrap it up. Uh, it's absolutely fantastic. And this I is Mullet. Th- thoroughly loved it. So if you have not... My mother watched it and thoroughly loved it, which is an accomplishment all of itself. So, um, hey, great uh, job, Lin-Manuel. Yeah. You reached my mother. That's that's important. Um, so, yeah. Take my word for it. Just sock down the money to go to Disney Plus and just watch it already. Um, anything else before we get to these movies? We got three to talk about? No, I don't think so. So the, the How to Train Your Dragon film series. Again, this is a new slate for our reading challenge. If you are confused about what we're talking about, every 50 episodes for the past 100 episodes, we've gone back and forth with one another, reading the back of the box. Whoever messes up more at the end of those 50 episodes, uh, they have to watch a film series of the winners choosing so samantha won the first challenge we had to watch all three beverly hills chihuahua movies which was a punishment for myself i won the second challenge which is the aforementioned eight leprechaun movies we're going to watch this last series because we're not doing this anymore after we decide who's ultimately the best will be the marine film franchise versus the underworld i'm gonna you are going to you're reading two boxes. I'm reading one. I'm already worried because I've been a mushmouth city today. So today, um, today. So we're gonna read all three boxes now. We're gonna go right now, to back start. to back. That's back how we, to back I think to back. how we've been doing it. All right. So I will hand Samantha over how to train your dragon, the original movie. Excuse me, I get this. Samantha's up. going first because I read two ninety nine. I also read three hundred, which didn't count. Um, but Samantha will be the one going first. Ladies first. I don't have any water. I'm just gonna put that out there. Neither do I. Parched. So, how to train your dragon. <laughs> what are you doing? Why are you getting just out of my face? Spectacular. A must-see, says Scott Mance, Access Hollywood. It's Mance, right? Mm-hmm. So, what are you doing? I just want to look. I can't be turning it towards you because then I can't see. Learn how to read upside down. Mm-hmm. A thrilling action adventure, says Claudia Puig, USA Today. I think we've done that name enough that I finally know how to say it. Funny and touching, says Peter Travers, Rolling Stone. Oh, boy. 
a winner with audiences and critics alike, DreamWorks Animation's How to Train Your Dragon rolls fire-breathing action, epic adventure, and laughs into a captivating and original story. Hiccup is a young Viking who defies tradition when he befriends one of the, his deadliest foes, damn it, a ferocious dragon he calls Toothless. Together, the unlikely heroes must fight against all odds to save both their worlds in this wonderful good time hit, says Gene Shalit today. I was hoping you fucked up Gene Shalit. Gene Shalit! <laughs> so that's one. That's one. I, I, mumble, I, I stumbled a little bit there. A stumble, stumble, rumbling, stumbling, bumbling. Okay. How to Train Your Dragon 2. The best animated film of the year, says Bill Zwecker, Chicago Sun-Times. We've done Bill Zwecker a lot as well. Mm-hmm. well that's really small font. Uh, oh, shit. So the, I'm going to go ahead and read the three quotes that are on here, and I have to go down this literally .5 font at the bottom for this. Exciting, says Rene Rodriguez, the Miami Herald. Funny, says Joe Morgenstern, the Wall Street Journal. And brimming with action, says Stephanie Mary, the Washington Post. I'll give those, I mean, like, that's that's hard. I'll I'll give you a... And I think we've had Joe Morgenstern before. I'll give you a slide on that. From DreamWorks, the studio behind the Academy Award-nominated film How to Train Your Dragon, comes the next chapter in the epic trilogy, when Hiccup and Toothless discover a secret ice cave with wild dragons and a mysterious dragon rider. The two friends find themselves in an epic battle to save the future of man and dragons. Also includes the all-new adventure, Dawn of the Dragon Racers. Damn it. So, I will be going up at least one nothing to start. I'll pass Samantha the third box now. God damn it. How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World. Oh, there's a free free game in the box. We should watch the alternative opening. Oh, that's an alternate opening. No, that doesn't count, though. <laughs> that's not a good sign. No, it I know it doesn't count. count. The friendship of a lifetime. Why is there so much writing on this box? Notice how there's no quotes on this one. It's one of the great reviews. From DreamWorks Animation comes a surprising tale about growing up, finding the courage to face the unknown, and how nothing can ever train you to let go. What began as an unlikely friendship between an adolescent Viking and a fearsome Night Fury dragon has become an epic trilogy spanning their lives. When the sudden appearance of a female Light Fury coincides with the darkest threat their village has ever faced, Hiccup and Toothless must journey to a hidden world thought only to exist in myth. In this last chapter, Hiccup and Toothless will finally discover their true destinies, and Dragon and Rider will fight together to protect everything they've grown to treasure. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, shit. So one episode in, I'm up one nothing. A lot, hey. of, a lot of words there. Blah, blah. So, uh, like I said, we did this because How to Train Your Dragon is Tom's favorite movie. For whatever reason. I don't know why. <laughs> Look, so I'm going to be up front. Right here and clear right now. All three of these movies are good. Uh, One teeters on being very good and great. The other two are also good. Fine. I have been very clear throughout this podcast, and if you've ever met me or know anything about me, 
I am not a mythical dragon fantasy type person. It Yay! just doesn't get me. I don't know what it is. It's just a blind spot of mine. Um, I remember when the first one came out, I believe it still is a 99% on Rotten Tomatoes. Wow, really? And it was talked up. It was one of those movies that had immense legs at the box office. So it opened like a lot of DreamWorks movies open. Not huge. I mean, it's an anime movie, so it did very well. But then just word of mouth spread on it, and it stuck around for so long, it became one of the biggest hits of the year. And then when the sequel came out, uh, the sequel actually was part of the reason why I lost the very first movie league I ever lost. When we first started doing the Fantasy Movie League, I won the very first three seasons we ever did. I won two fall leagues, and I won a summer league. On that four summer league, I put a lot of my chips down on How to Train Your Dragon 2, and it did good. It just didn't do what everyone thought it was going to. Um, and then the third one uh, opened lower, but then ultimately had legs like the first one, I think, ended up doing very well as well. Uh, so we didn't see the first one in theaters. Do you remember where we were the first time we saw the first one? You might even have been with me. Don't even know. There was one night we were just hanging out at Augie's place back in Gainesville in Park Lane. And he was like, yo, I've heard about this How to Train Your Dragon movie. Heard it's great. I'm like, oh yeah, me too. So it was like me, him, maybe Rich. I want to say you were there. It was just, it wasn't like a bro night or like a podcasting wrestling night. We're just hanging out in Augie's loft, you know, upstairs, and we watched it. I miss that loft. It was a good loft. It was, it was great to hide ices in his hockey uh, skates that were hanging above the TV. Did you ever find those? Yeah, he did months later. Um, So watched it, and I watched, and I was like, it was good. You know, it was fine. Nothing crazy about it. And then when the sequel came out, you must have had seen it at some point because we went to go see the sequel in theaters. I remember we went and saw it in theaters. Okay. You don't remember this? No, I think you're thinking of your other girlfriend. Oh, you're right, damn. Uh, so we saw the second one in theaters. And again, I was like the same. I was like, it's all right. Probably fell asleep in it because I don't remember it. And then the third one we didn't go see just because it came out like in 2018, 2019. And... It wasn't the kind of thing we didn't think Jillian would go for yet. And hey, we were right, because we she barely right. made it through the first one with us. We had to watch the other two by ourselves. Yeah, we watched two and three by ourselves. We kept asking her, Jillian, do you want to watch the dragon, another dragon movie? No. Yeah, she she wasn't really a fan. She wasn't really into it. Uh, talk to me about these movies. What, are you, I, I mean, what, what do you want me to say, What are your man? feelings on them? I mean, I think it's it's... Good. I, I, you could tell it's not Disney. Yes. You could tell that it's trying to uh, pull uh, the the uh, demographic of uh, male children age three to thirteen in. Yeah, that's probably fair. You know what I mean? Like, like it's definitely targeted towards guys, towards towards boys. Can tell us not Disney. I think that the animation, there were some parts of the animation that were still really beautiful. I, oh, I think the animation's Overall, great. I think, like, the facial expressions that they get, like, like uh, toothless to do, and all of the dragons, mm -hmm. really, they all have their own facial expressions and their own um, unique looks and stuff. I thought that that was really great. Um, I have an issue with DreamWorks storytelling. I was going to say, like, it dragged. Like, the, the story expo is, like, understandable in this context, but it just drags a little bit. There is a lot of over-the-head 
exposition pounding. Yeah. In uh, that was my first note about the first one, and like the goals of the characters and what they're doing. Pick, I, I hate to go Pixar versus Dream Thomas the Dreamcast DreamWorks because it's not a fair fight. I think DreamWorks has made some fine animated movies. I, Shrek but, is it. Yeah, yeah, Shrek Shrek is one of the greatest animated movies of all time. It really yeah. is. They made three other shitty ones, but But you know, Shrek the changed first one, the mold of a lot yeah. of things. The problem I have with it is that there is I think you like the demographic of it they you kinda nail on the head in that their goal and it's totally fine that it is their cool. goal because an animated movie started out being for children. You wanna make a movie for kids, go for it. I wouldn't say that these are all strictly for kids because uh, all three of them, namely the second one, gets into some darker type materials right. and some and some mature well, emotions. Well, that but, was my next. That was my next line. Is like the themes are very mature, especially with like the wing and the foot similarities. Yeah. In this one, the yeah. first one. Yeah. So I get that. Yeah. Point. Pixar, Pixar ain't taking feet off their main characters. I like, know, but, but but like look it up. Like they kill. Sure. Her, you my know, like, my comparison is that. Or not my comparison. My point is that that still feels like a blatant, more blunt move to get the audience invested. Whereas Pixar is going to be more about subtly, and Pixar is also going to be more about getting everybody watching invested, being able to tell rudimentary stories in a way that connect with everybody. Whereas this is telling rudimentary stories. And as adults, I find myself trying to catch up a lot and be like getting well, into it because you dumbass. No, no, I don't mean I don't mean in terms of I'm like just kidding, just I don't mean kidding. I mean in terms of like a, a care or a want. Yeah, or yeah. Because what's surrounded there is a lot of juvenile humor, a lot of things that they think kids are going to easily laugh at. Yes, I think that. And Pixar's not going to go for cheap jokes. I think that the the. Further along these movies go, though, that too I think well. it changes. I More think way. it changes a little bit. I think it changes a little bit in terms of um, the point that you just made about, you know, it not having anything to connect to. I think, yeah, in the first one, it's harder to connect to. But I think, like, in the second one, when, spoiler alert, like, like the dad dies mm-hmm. and then like going into the third one like letting go and stuff I think that those I found myself more emotionally invested in that movie and with those story um with those storylines than in like the first one for example Well the first one like honestly it's nothing until Toothless and Hiccup start doing stuff together and that takes like 40 minutes yeah. each movie is about an hour, like, before credits, because animated credits are always, like, eight or ten minutes. Each movie's about an hour and a half, hour and 40 minutes. You honestly have to get almost halfway through the movie of all three iterations to really get in... To the meat of potatoes. ...to what's happening. Um, once Hiccup and Toothless start their bond and start their connection... In that montage. In the montage, like, it, it's... Their first scenes together, or there's a lot of right. beauty in it, both in terms of storytelling and also in terms of animation and, and the connection with the score and the music and stuff. Right. I think it does I a think really that, good job. Yeah. But it does take a while to get there. It takes a while to get there. And then once it's there, you're enjoying it. 
and then it's good, and then it's harmless, and there's not a lot to, to analyze. Like there, there, there isn't. It's, yeah, I don't have too many notes. I mean, I, I, I don't like, have a lot of notes for the first one at all. Yeah, but I, I do like the relationship between them, um, and and then there's just like cute little scenes that I like. I like the baby dragons. Well, you're just a sucker. Trying to get the fish, and then it cuddled with Hiccup. Um, I just thought that it had a lot of, it had a lot of humor. It was a very family fun movie, you know, uh, except for Jillian. Didn't like it. Um, There's I like really... the twins in this. I, I liked Tough Nut and Lug Nut. What are their names? Skid and Mudflaps. Um, <laughs> bum, 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 bum. No. Um, I just like them. I liked. Um, so my biggest problem across all three movies is Hiccup's friends. I think they're unnecessary. I think it's hey, oh, let's. That's so funny because that's the same thought I had about your friends. Let's just get, kidding. Let's get four comedy in crowd people right now to come in the studio and let's give them our not funny dialogue and try to get by on their charisma and their delivery. And it just never works for me. Not fucking McLovin, not fucking Jonah Hill, not fucking T.J. Miller, not the guy who's impersonating T.J. Miller in the third one, and not Kristen Wiig. Uh, spoiler, all of them in some iteration bother me more than the others and will be my LVPs throughout the movies. Okay. Or, or personally mine, unless you can sway me other ways. Okay, cool. That, that's, that's what was bad with me. Because here's the thing with that. Each one of them is totally distinguishable. In an animated movie. Sure, is Jay Baruchel yes. distinguishable as well? Yeah. Yes. Oh, but, yes. But his tone, his inflection, and how he's presenting it is perfect for the character in the first movie. He's my MVP for How to Train Your Dragon 1, is Jay Baruchel. Because his deal works for that character discovering himself and finding his confidence. The others, there's nothing that's... That's not Jonah Hill about his character. There's nothing that's not T.J. Miller about his character. There's nothing that's not Christopher Mintz-Plass about his character. And it adds nothing to it except for the fact that there, here are these famous people reading some lines. Kristen Wiig, at least, is hiding her voice, but then her character just sucks. Um, so that, and that, that, that persists throughout each movie because then they're giving B-plots, C-plots. When it gets to the third one, you got D and E-plots going on in terms of what they're just giving people things to do. Um, and it, it just it honestly does distract. I'd rather it be like America Ferreira or Kate Blanchett, who are given nothing of importance to really do, or to really handle, except just literally reading. Um, and other things. You didn't like Gerard Butler? Oh, I like Gerard Butler. That's why I didn't say I, him. I think he did a good job. I think he did a very good job. Again, I, I don't want to jump around too much. I, I, I have a definitive MVP and LVP for each movie. Um, okay, well, I mean, we've already talked about it, so why don't you just go... So you said Jay Baruchel is the MVP. Jay Baruchel would be my MVP for the first movie, just because the whole series hinges on two things. It hinges on your buy-in to the Hiccup character being something special and growing. And he does that in the first movie very, very well. I think he gets complacent in the other two. And also, like, 
they can't listen to Jake Baruchel talk for three straight fucking movies and yeah, not just get it a little... Was, it was rough. It gets, it gets a little tiring at times, but in the first one, it's fine and it's fresh. And then just the way that they handle Toothless. Like, that character is so just likable and easy to understand, but so also, like, cute. it is a little, like, complex at times. That doesn't work, then the movie doesn't work. So yeah, he'd be my MVP for the first one. If you if you wanted to, to challenge okay, me no, on it. No, no, I think that that's good. I think that that you made some good points. I think that's good. Okay, so he'll be the MVP for the first one. LVP for the first one. I literally wrote down three of the four people I just complained about. Uh, well, did you have anybody? No. That that sounded like you did. No, I mean. I, I guess you made a, a good point. Um, if you have a butt, then let me hear it. No, I mean, there wasn't really, like, anyone outside of this main cast of people that we just said. No, there's nobody else. The, there's nobody else in this movie. Well, because also, then you get sequelitis, and then the second one is, like, four or five new characters. Right, right, right. Exactly, parts, exactly. Like, exactly. So, like, here. here, you don't have as big of a pool to choose yeah. from. And uh, so, so, any... So, like, the more minor things are going to make it, you know... Yeah. My LVP for the first one, I hate to say it, I have it as Jonah Hill. Because as, of, of the four... As... Snot loud? Snot, yeah. Here's something I hate about, like, dragon fucking... All the names suck. Look, man, they're Vikings. They all... I don't care. Astrid? That sucks? The name sucks. Dumb name. If you're listening to this, your name's Astrid, I'm sorry. You have a stupid name. Go punch your mother in the face. What about Hiccup? Hiccup? Somehow the best name of them all. Do you like fish legs? (laughs) I don't like fish legs, no. Rough nut? Nope. Tough nut? Nope. Ack? Nope. Hoark the Haggard. You're just making noises now. No, I'm not. Goober. Gobber. Gobber is his name. Goober. Goober Gobber. Um, the reason I have Jonah over anybody else is because he, to me, was the most egregious in terms of like, all right, headphones on. What are we doing? Should we read these lines? Okay, cool. Like, there's nothing there that's not, that's just Jonah Hill. Reading and it, it, he gives nothing. It, it it's nothing. It's just that's his character. Okay, I'll give it to you. I don't think he has a voice suitable for animation. I don't remember like T.J. Miller. I feel like has been a voice in everything. Yeah. For better or worse. Yeah. I feel like Chris Evans' class isn't the same. I think Chris and Wig has done some like Jonah Hill. Just it doesn't unless you can see him. He's a very visual. Community as well. He's also great with like physical comedy and stuff. What he does when you put it in an animation body just doesn't work for me. Yeah. Um. So that's ultimately why he was worse uh, than than I was, uh, or wor- worse than the others to me at least. Um. Yeah. There's not really a real villain here. The villain is like is stoic. Yeah. Is like is Hiccup battling the prejudices of his of his people, but then. So again, sequelitis, it goes back to, like, when you get to the third movie, this whole time Stoke's been wanting to find this, like, hidden world for dragons so they can be on their own and free. But in the first movie, any dragon he sees, he wants to capture and kill and train and, and fucking do whatever. So it, there's no foresight to any of it. Yeah. Um, and these are also apparently based off of books. I didn't go in deep onto like what the books normally entail. I guess there were some differences 
go figure mm-hmm. in terms of what's featured in the books as to what's featured in um in the movies. But is the first one your favorite of the three that we watched? Um I think so. I think it is. It is for me. I think it is. I really liked the villains in I liked the villain in two. I liked the villain in two. I didn't like the villain in two. I liked the villain in two a lot. I liked the villain in two a lot. Yeah. But yeah, I think it's probably my favorite. Okay. Well, let's score it and move on to two. Okay. Uh, it was a special, so uh, I'll score it first just because you read two, so I'll, I'll go first alternating. Um, through talking about it, like, I feel like we've kind of ragged, I've ragged on the concept a lot, like... It's good. It's fine to put on. It's not something I'd seek out and watch. Yeah. I don't know how it could be anybody's favorite movie. (laughs) Sorry, Tom. I'm sorry. I don't know how it could be a 99% of Rotten Tomatoes. Well, I get that because I think... Technically, it's really good, I guess. Yeah. Like, technically. Technicality. Well, also, Technicality. Like, I don't see how no. you could rip it apart, really. Like, it's fine. So a lot of them are probably, like, Bs. Or, like, B minuses. Which is basically what my score's gonna be. I'm gonna give it a seven and a half. I was gonna give it a seven and a half as well. Yeah. Like, that's... I think that's fair. Um... Unless there's... Am I, are we missing some, like, deep underlying, like, message or meaning behind it? Well, I mean, it? it's, it's, it's about their relationship together. And, you know, he lost his foot and it was the, the wing or the tail. It, I mean, it was a, it, it's a great story of camaraderie and, like, finding your person, I guess. I guess what I was going to say, the thing I was... The closest I had was there some, somebody for everybody. Yeah, but it's like, like you're... Like, like your person, not necessarily like you, you know, romantic relationships, but yeah, like platonic relationships. Hiccup doesn't take that leg off and peg toothless or anything. And how important, you know, having someone who's in your corner and accepts you for who you are is. So I think that that is really a lot of what it is about. Yeah. Um, so I mean, I understand and I appreciate it. So the second one, which we watched over the course of two days, because we were watching it at night and we got. Interrupted from uh, the Whack Pack. Check out Rich Camelucci on uh, on Instagram. Whack Pack every single day, opening up a pack of cards and uh, raising money for charity. Then I fell asleep. And Samantha fell asleep. Uh, so we finished it uh, two days ago. No, yesterday. Finished it yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we finished it yesterday. Um, fine. Again, a good animated sequel. There's, you definitely feel the sequel of it. Because something I found in a lot of animated sequels is it throws a lot out in the hopes that something sticks that they can like offshoot or you know. Well, they they did. They ended up coming out with a TV series, right? Which I think ultimately did hurt it as well because. Well, I thought this was a a a cute movie. It was cute. It was nice. I liked the friendliness of the opening. I don't like how five years have passed, though. I feel like that's way long. I don't think that was bad. I, I don't like the narration, the, the trope of it being exactly the same. Like, this is Burke, and then the same thing. Like, to me, I think people think that's, like, cool and, like... like Callback! Yeah, like, kitschy. 
And I'm like, no, like, do something different. If I'm sitting, if I just paid 10 to $12 to go see this movie, I want to see what else you got for me with these characters. I don't want to, like, as soon as that movie starts and I hear that, I'm like, motherfucker, I could just stayed at home. <laughs> I guess. And watch this. Like, it, it bothers me sometimes. I mean, um, I just, I like but, the growth between the relationship between Toothless and Hiccup. Yeah. I love when Toothless laughs. I think it's so cute. Toothless, again, is a superstar. The opening flight scene with the two of them was just very cool. And it's a great follow-up establishing how great the relationship has gotten. That's why I think it's important that five years have passed. Because if it had been a year or two, like, you really see. In the first one, they're already close. But that was over the course of a couple weeks, maybe. Maybe a month. I don't know what time it passed from the first one. Like, five years, they are... Bonded. Yeah, they are bonded for good. Um, like, like Hiccup has put Toothless's tail up his butt like an avatar, and they are there together. So, I, I think that um, it was too much, though, having both the mother be introduced and the villain. Yeah. I think that it was a lot. I love the storyline with him finding the mom and, and all of that. And, like, she ran away because of dragons and thinking no one could change, and... You know, that's where he gets it from. Like, I, I, I love that. It's just unnecessary. But I also love Drago and, like, what his mission yeah. is and him as a villain. And I, I love that. Each but of them. But it too much together. If they were two separate movies, I think it would have been, been better. Fun. And I feel like at a certain point they were also going to try to build up, like, his mom as being like, oh, is she the villain based on, like, her mask and her garb yeah, yeah. and everything? Yeah, but, like, she was the They're building MacGuffin. each of those up. And they're both done she well. She was the MacGuffin in the... I hate you. Like, Stoic, Gerard Butler does a really good job of establishing... Yeah, the man, he's, I never thought I'd say Gerard Butler did a good job. Gerard Butler really should stick with voice acting. He's though. the MVP of the second movie. I, I think just the emotion and, like, the animators, when he sees her... Yeah, the animators oh. do a really good job of, of animating the emotion in on it, but his, he his verbal performance delivers it so well. Just like when he sees so Valka, well. yes. and he, he just... Touches her face and then he starts singing. I just, I love that whole scene. Yeah, when he also does a really good job. Really beautifully done. He lays the groundwork for the seriousness of Drago, like telling like the flashback story and stuff yeah. and his reactions. And I feel that that was also part of the reason why that didn't pay off because they do such a good job of building it up and establishing it. Then when it happens, it's just a a throaty Jamin Hansu performance. I like Jamin Hansu. I think he does good. But it's just kind of like, not a caricature, but it's just this villain that's not really, it's underwhelming based on like how much it was built up. Yes, but then I you don't still get a lot of time with him. the character. I, I, like, I like the motives and I like his like kind of creed. Like the, yeah. Like, like I, I thought that was all really well but done. Based but based on the lore they built up for it, it seemed bad. Because also you've also spent a lot of time with bullshit Kit Harrington's character. Um... <laughs> Right, and that was another character that was interesting. That was more conflict and more uninterestingness. Right. But I chalked on. But I, I do like the oh, I bet well, that I'll change your mind, and then like the dragon saves him, and then he's like, d- turn for good, and like I, I like that, but I feel like that could have been done with anyone. Like you yeah. could have done that. With, like you could put him in Drago. To, like you could done that with sure. Drago or something. But sure. And the other thing was everything that felt unnecessary. Like, the people that were doing the things just... Oh, yes. The people that were doing the things. Yes. I did not like that part of the movie either. The actors that were reading the lines and Ah. handling the story, I should say, 
We're also just... I, I think 2020 for us is going to be the year of underwhelming Kate Blanchett performances in movies. Like, her performance is just very, very one-note and flat. Mm. Like, sure, you were talking about how some of the emotion on it is is fine and dandy, but... um. But yeah, for me, I, I wasn't I wasn't there. She's I can't there. tell if Jillian's in her bed or not. She's there. I zoomed in, so you might want to zoom out. She's on there. the side. But yeah, like I mean it was fine. I think anyone could have done that role though, and it would have been the same, which you know, is disappointing. But um Yeah, like if you get Kate Blanchett, if you get multi time right. Oscar winner Kate Blanchett, like give her something else to do. Give her some oomph to what she's doing. Yeah. I did like her line, though. Good dragons under the control of bad people do bad things. Um, but but th- there's a lot of wasting time. Like, there's a lot of singing and dancing and lingering on things. Like, when Hiccup goes and finds his mom, they have this thing. I feel like there's a 10, 15-minute stretch where, like, they just do nothing. Yeah, it's about the bonding. I feel like they could have montaged and they didn't montage. See, this is why the montage is such a great tool in storytelling because you can make it seem like a lot of time has passed without a lot of time actually passing, you know? So I think that's a, that's a useful thing that, that they should have done. But um, I liked it. I think that there was some more humor in this. I liked it. But So again, all the friends are unnecessary. So this time you got... Chris Wick's character fawning over the the dragon trader Eric. guy, Eret. Um, you have I don't remember what Jonah Hill's character did. McLovin does that nothing the whole time. McLovin's the one that's gonna get like like let off the hook here. Well remember no, remember him and, and fish legs, Snout Love and Fish Legs were fighting for Roughnut. For Roughnut's attention. That just solidified my point better than anything I could have said out loud. Well, that's what I'm hearing. Um, and again, there's a lot of exposition, so when... He, and then the uh, introduction of the alpha dragon. Yeah, the alpha dragon is a device. The bewildered beast, I'm like, oh, does that need unobtainium? Like, like hit, hit me over the head with how mythical and important this is more with your shitty portmanteau. Um, well, maybe you're the reason why they had to go hide away. What? Like in the third one. What are you even saying? You weren't ready for these dragons. They're real. What is this, Bootylicious? I don't what? think you're ready for these dragons. Mm-hmm. Uh, we said Gerard Butler is the MVP of the second movie, correct? Uh, yeah, I just think his emotion from, like, you know, trying to get Hiccup ready to take over no. to running to Valka to then just, like, throwing himself and, like, sacrificing himself. I mean, I just think all... A lot, a range of emotion. He's great at giving the character life. Yeah, he really, really gave that character a lot of yeah. life. Um, I would agree. I don't believe either one of these gentlemen have gotten an MVP before, so I, I will consult the book in a moment. Uh, LVP. You got Gerard Butler definitely has not gotten an MVP. No, I don't think we've even seen any Gerard Butler. We haven't seen any Gerard Butler movies? What are we doing? <laughs> Having a good movie podcast. <laughs> Uh, do you have an LVP? Um, well, like I said before, like, my definition of LVP is, like, the least valuable person, and anyone could have done this role, and it would have been the same to me. It it didn't make a difference that it was, like, Kate Blanchett as Valka. 
It didn't make a difference that it was like Kit Harrington as Eric. So Kit Harrington's on my list. You know, like like to me, like it could have been anyone to else. To me, Kate Blanchett's was more the writing of the character, whereas Harrington's I felt was a lot of the delivery of his character. Look, I also have Kristen Wiig and TJ Miller written down. Because in this one, TJ Miller is doing full blown TJ Miller, and you can hear it and you can tell. Kristen Wiig boggles my mind in that, like, I feel like all three of these movies came out after, like, Bridesmaid. Like, she's one of the biggest female comedy actresses mm-hmm. in the, on, on the planet. And she's doing this weird voice, and it just doesn't work a lot of times. Um, I had her written down for the third one as well. Um, but then they kind of use that to their advantage when she gets, like, captured and, like, sent away. So mm-hmm. I ultimately went back on the second one. Um I'm fine with Kit Harrington just because I think your point of value is worthwhile. Like, that could have been Johnny No Name doing whatever part that was. Yeah. And he also was super inconsistent. I feel like he's playing for laughs sometimes and he's being big and bad and macho and it just didn't work. It didn't. Um, so, Kit Harrington, the LVP of How to Train Your Dragon 2. Is it Harrington with two R's, I believe? Like a traditional, traditional Harrington spelling? Yes. No, one R. One R. H A R I N G T O N. Even his name is spelled stupid. Wonderful. Uh, another interesting little side note here. Somebody we've not discussed at all is Craig Ferguson, who I think is very oh, great as. as uh, I think he does a good job uh, as Gobber. The totally random throwaway of the revelation that he's gay in this movie without I saying. Liked it. Another problem I have with DreamWorks is that they they feel like they have balls, but they ultimately don't. Yeah, but... So, oh, well, we'll kill Hiccup's dad. Oh, it's going to be off camera. Oh, we're going to make a character gay, but we're not going to say he's gay. Yeah, but you can't. Because, it, for example, in Up, they killed a character off camera, technically. But so, they draped oh, that in a very beautiful oh, sense and scene. Oh, they had the first gay, out gay character in what movie did we just go see? Onward. It's a throwaway line and it added nothing to the plot. So you can't, you cannot penalize DreamWorks for doing something that animation across the board has a hard time doing. Fair enough. Fair enough. I'll give it that. I'll give that to you. I'll give it to you. I mean, that's, that's all I'm saying. Fair enough. I mean, I disagree with it, but, but you know, you can't. I mean, that's that's just the nature yeah. of it at the moment. I hope it changes. Um, I just want to see them just shoot somebody in the head next next DreamWorks movie. The ending of all these movies bother me because they're all fine, but they're all the same. It's just some big dragon orgy. Uh, not an actual. <laughs> Everyone's going to rush out and buy the How to Train Your Dragon what? movies now. Dragonology. It's, it's just dragon fight scenes and a realization uh, the villain falls into the water and the day is saved. Like, again, harmless, they all just lack oomph. Like, there's okay. no oomph to it. I mean, I liked the, the climax of this movie. Sure. And all the, those dragons come in in that orgy. That was great. <laughs> Don't be careful how you say that. What? <laughs> Um, anything else on How to Train Your Dragon 2? Um, let me review my notes. How many bewildered beasts were there? Was one a water dragon and one an ice dragon? Were they the same kind of dragon? 
if you expect me to actually be able to answer this question, oh. you totally misinterpreted my entire life mm. with you. I did like the callback to, like, the, the exposition was helpful um, with the callback of uh, when the alpha takes all the dragons, except for the babies, because babies don't listen to anyone. Mm. So I did like that, and then they were able to, like, ride to the rescue on the baby dragons. I thought that was pretty great. baby. I mean, that was a baby fucking dragon. What, okay. what the fuck you mean? It was a baby dragon. Again, you win your point just based off of... It's a baby fucking dragon. I mean, I mean, that's right. Don't mess with the fucking night fairy. That's my last line. Don't mess with the fucking night fairy. He can be the alpha. Um. Yeah, I mean, that's it was, it was great. But I just... My favorite scene, I think probably from all three of the movies, my favorite scene is that that through of the stoic rescuing hiccup mm-hmm. and then reunited with Valka in that whole scene. I until like they're like uh cooking or like cutting up the fish or whatever. Mm-hmm. I love that whole segment there. I, I thought like... that was really, really just so well done and I I guess I related so much to it but I just felt so much emotion. I and for a moment I forgot I was watching like animation. You know sometimes Yeah. When, when the opening of the movie like with that. like hiccup flying and the two of them like doing their tricks and stuff that was that was really that cute. was great that was me. cute too yeah um so you score this one first I like cool ah I liked this one um the first one I think was overall my favorite of the three but I did like this one a lot I liked the villain um I did like the humor. I didn't have as big of a problem with the friends as you did. Um, so I liked, you know, that it was, like, escalated a little bit mm-hmm. from the first one there. Um, but I did like the other one the best, so I'm going to give this one a 7. I'm also giving this a 7. For kind of the same reasons. I, I kind of tucked myself up on this one a little bit better throughout it, just based on... Kind of the hi- the highlighting of the emotional scenes yeah. and the overall darker tone. Yeah. Um, they are good action movies. Again, just some of the action just kind of seems to be a little bit less important. Yeah, but then, like, like the fire and the dragon, when it cut Hiccup in the face when he was a baby and when the mom left. Yeah. You know, like, I thought that all that stuff was really good. So we get to the third one, Hidden World, which just came out last year, I believe, right? It came out in yeah, 2019. Yeah, 2019. Yeah. Um... This one I feel the malaise. I fell asleep in this movie. Yeah, yeah, you for about good like five ten minutes. You should, and I woke up and I missed nothing. I was like, uh, it was. I fell asleep and toothless and the light fury were like flirting with each other. She's like, yeah, that was it. Uh, Excuse me. It's the most dream works of them all. Like the. It's rare that you fall asleep in movies. Let me just put that out there. It was like two thirty in the afternoon. Yeah. I mean, yeah. granted, we had ran. Yeah, but I, I didn't a, fall asleep. A big brunch. Like, you, you didn't fall asleep in a movie, and I did. Well, I also had, like, five cups of coffee today. Very true. I had no caffeine at all. Uh, yeah, my note was long flirting. Fell asleep. Missed nothing. Um, you just feel there's some lame jokes. There's way too many subplots. So you got <laughs> you got Jonah Hill all of a sudden wanting to fuck Hiccup's mom for some yeah, reason. That- I think, yeah, because he wanted to be the new chief. Yeah, yeah, like like his character. And then maybe some flirt in between Hiccup's mom and Eret. Well, yeah, and like the, like you he know? was competing like, with Eret for like that position and her attention. 
You had uh, Chris Wink's character like wanting to like get a mate. You had uh, not T.J. Miller now because T.J. Miller is an awful person um, and had bomb threats and sexual uh, misconduct allegations, all this stuff. So he literally finished work on this movie, found out all about it. They just hired some random fucking dude that could do a T.J. Miller impression and just replaced him. Uh, that guy's LVP of the movie, by the way. <laughs> he was so... It was really bad. My full, thick beard. Man, maybe the writers The, the writers the were bad, but also, like, it was such a... It was a good T.J. Miller impression, but it was so obviously not him because of how hard the guy was trying. Yeah. And then they gave him more to do. I know. He had, he had like, two or three, like, asides with Hiccup about, like, broing it out. And, like, him the one, like, always supporting Hiccup and things. Also, by the way, all three of these movies, Astrid, given nothing to do. You got America Ferreira, who's a good actress. She's a great actress. And I like the character of Astrid. I like that in the first movie she was, like, like the the one who they all looked up to, who they all thought was going to be the one who was going to be chosen to kill the dragon, right? She was, like, the fiercest Viking. And then she becomes Hiccup's girlfriend. And then, you know, in this movie they're, like, they're going to get married, you're going to have to lead with him, and all this, but, I don't know, it just seemed like a weird relationship. Yeah, Yeah, they they don't focus, they focus more on Hiccup and Toothless. Which is great, fine, because I feel like that's the story of my life. Like, my life's been a focus on you and Rich, rather than you and me, and look where we are now. Just the very first scene, like the raid and stuff, I'm like, oh, we're just doing this stuff still? Yeah, no, like, like there there, there wasn't, there wasn't anything special in the story, like, this was like the culmination, and I didn't feel like, to me at least, the the whole point of the story is that the dragons, humans are not ready to have the dragons because of what it because causes. of because of what it causes and what other people are willing to do. So a really good allegory for the world, you know, but the way they did it, like I didn't care enough about the villain, um, the which villain? is fucking F. Murray Abraham. I know, but it, it reminded me so much of. The food critic in Ratatouille. Ratatouille. Yeah, yes. Reminded me so much of that that I couldn't take it seriously. Yeah, I like, got that too. It's terrifying and intimidating, but I feel like he's going to eat some Ratatouille and be fine. Like, he's, he's gonna, just hungry. He's going to get a flight on toothless somebody, and be like, oh, I'm good. Somebody get him some food. But no, like, he was just he was just a lazy, boring, lacking emotion character. And like, it was supposed to be this big, serious thing. They had to leave their home and they had to get rid of their dragons. And I never really felt it. So that hurt my overall sitting and enjoyment of the movie because it just didn't, it just didn't hit me. Now I will say that the end of the movie hit me. And my note was, I refuse to cry in a DreamWorks movie. It was really sweet. It was close because the end of the movie was incredibly sweet and well done because the movie has over the course of three movies built up the relationship between Toothless and Hiccup better than anything else. Yeah. So him realizing that he's found the person that's important to him that he needs when he used to be that person for him. Now Hiccup has his own. They need to go off and do their own thing. But then you get the little Deathly Hallows epilogue. Um, with the kids. Man, I'm just a sucker for fucking shit with kids. Like, man, I'm a sucker. you're a dad now, bro. It is. Like, being a dad in the way that I oh romanticize. My God, no, no, no. Being a dad and romanticizing, like, my childhood and now as a dad, that shit gets me. So, as soon as they show Hiccup's kid, I'm like, oh, come on. I'm not crying in the DreamWorks movie. I know, but then, like, and I'm like, sitting here, I'm like, if 
Fuck, you're sniffling. Come on. I like it's just not just not a tear. I'll 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 tear up. I'm not letting a tear fall but, off of my face, like, and I didn't. Just like like you know he, he so much of his like heart belongs to 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 Toothless and all the things that they did together, and you know he told these magnificent stories to his kids, right? And then he took them. To sail there and mm-hmm. to meet them. And they got to the ride on him together. They like, rode on it's them. like it's the same thing as Toy it's Story Three. Thing. Like the whole time oh, you're man. thinking like, oh man, like Remember I hope those we toys get that. Burning the furnace, though, man. It's why like, you I have hope... to, why you have to bring that up, bro? <laughs> now go cry on the podcast. But that's but that's the stuff that gets me as a dad is like being able to experience the things that I loved and enjoyed with my daughter and my kids. That's the shit that gets me. So like when they did that. I was like, okay, that's a really good way to end it. What the it. fuck you mean your daughter and your kids? What the fuck you... T- what? It's the wrong turn of a phrase. No, I get it. Because, I mean... And, and I that conclusion earned, like, my score to this movie probably would have been a lot worse, but that last ten minutes it, really saved it, the movie for me as a whole. It put a really nice bow on yes. the whole thing. Um, and I, to your point, I think it's evident. I don't know if we talked about it on the show before. I'm sure we have. Um, but every Christmas, you, you know, you get a, a really special gift for Jillian, something right. that been very important to you throughout your life or throughout your childhood um and you you write a note you share that with her um you know and that that gets you emotional you get really emotional anytime Jillian right. like wants to wrestle with you or, yeah. or is captivated by wrestling and won't eat her food because so, she's watching tv like you know I get the same way like it's just, I guess, so hard to explain, and I feel like if I, even if I had seen this movie without having a kid, I feel like I would have connected, but not as much. And I still connect with it because of just like, as, like I wasn't a father during Toy Story three, as an example, but I had a you very better not have but, been, but I had a very deep emotional connection to toys and and, that, and childhood and playing. Right. So that carried me over. For this, I don't know if it would have been as much, like, because it's, like, about experiences. Yeah, but I think it's still... But I think it also would have been because, like, you see one of them fucking YouTube videos where it's like, oh, this man raised a lion in his backyard for 15 years, and they released it back to the wild, and when the man goes back out to Africa to find the lion, the lion jumps up on him. Face out. No, the lion, like, oh. jumps on him like he's a little, like a little kitten again, and he recognizes him. Like, that shit's just really... A- emotional and, and cool, you know? Yeah. Um, so that's kind of how I felt with this. It's like, oh, he remembered, and he got to, to share those. That, honestly, like, my score on this movie is going to be about two points higher just based off of that, because the rest of it I didn't care for. And again, uh, law of diminishing returns in terms of critic reviews, but even the third one, 91% on wow. Rotten Tomatoes. Um, I mean, they are all beautiful, and I think that... The Light Fury and the Night Fury juxtaposition and all those scenes were really beautifully done in terms of, like, the iridescent look and, and, yeah. and stuff like that. I'm like, never going to complain about the production design and the it's art. Like the Wally and, and, e- and Eve yeah, thing. Yeah, I, I, so I almost wrote that down as a note, and I knew it, it would probably get brought up anyway. It's a lot of that, but the difference is... I, I don't know what the difference is. Honestly, I don't. Because it's a lot of that. Maybe it's because of this, like, there was just, like, such long stretches of it. And in Wally, you just got, like, these little glimpses of what could be. Maybe. I, I don't know. Um, they couldn't help themselves bringing Stoic back in flashbacks, which I felt cheapened his death. Even though it was only, like, two scenes, it still was like, come on, like, just let it, let it be, let it go. Um, 
yeah, a lot of, there's like a lot of love and marriage stuff and a lot of jokes that don't hit, you know? Yeah, but at this point... You're giving, you gave... At this point, Hiccup's now 21. Yeah. In this movie, right? Yeah. It started, this journey started when he was 15. So, you know, unfortunately, like that's... Not unfortunately, you know, whatever it is, that's the natural way of things, especially if he's the leader, you know? We mm-hmm. see that a lot in any kind of royalty, heir, heiress kind of movies. Yeah. Just a lot of talented people not given much to do. Yeah. I mean, Kit Harrington, El, Kit Harrington was LVP in the last movie, but he ain't got that many lines. Kate Blanchett's just there. Chris and Wig is again given hardly anything funny. Craig Ferguson did, gave him I some did, weird hobgoblin like, side plot. I did like her prisoner scene, and sure. I thought it was just I liked the that reaction between um, the Ratatouille guy and her. <laughs> Just, like, her knowing him so much. Like, I just like that. I, th- I thought that scene was funny. Unnecessary, but funny. Yeah. I would agree. Um, well, as I mentioned, my LVP for the movie, I think, is very easy. It's the uh, the guy that replaced T.J. Miller. Justin Ruppel <sighs> is who I have. Unless you had anybody else. I had Jonah Hill written down again. Just because of how out of place he was to me. But do you have anybody else in mind? No. No, I think that that's probably good. Who do you have for MVP here? I have an odd one, but I want to see if you have uh, a preference anywhere. Um. I like... I think I liked Gobert, Gobert. Gobert. I had so Craig, Craig Ferguson, Ferguson was the only one I had written down until about you know the very end of the movie because he's consistent throughout all three movies. He's funny, um, even with his side plots. He's the only one that kind of can get me to smile with his verbals. Who I was going to suggest was Randy Toms. The person that does the voice work for Toothless. Because I feel it is incredibly difficult for three movies, and he's literally just a sound engineer and a sound designer. Like, he's the director of sound for Skywalker Ranch, and he's been, he's won multiple awards and been nominated. God, one, two, three, four, five. So, I'm just, so best sound uh, nomination, Return of the Jedi. Best Sound Nomination, Never Cry Wolf, uh, Backdraft, Forrest Gump, Contact, Castaway, The Incredibles, Polar Express, Ratatouille, The Revenant. He won Best Sound Editing for The Incredibles, and he won Best Sound for The Right Stuff. Um, but Toothless is not is, a, is not a verbal character, but like you said, like his laughs, his his emotion, like what he gives to that character. And in this, he is more of a full-blown character than the other movies because he does have these moments with the light fury where he's kind of being like just a nervous teenager, basically, yeah. <laughs> you know, like not knowing what to do, not being assured of himself, but then also dealing with, um, you know, drifting away from his master owner friend. Um, and I think he did a really good job of differentiating that from this movie to the other one. So I'm also, I'm, I Craig Ferguson would be my actual human nominee but I'm also wanting to make that case. I don't know if he does enough to do it. 
So I'll let you kind of choose which one you'd want to go with. Um, I mean, I think that's fair, and I think he should get some recognition for maybe all the work he's done on all of the films. Okay. Um, because, like we said, Toothless, like, even though that character doesn't, doesn't have words, like, doesn't have lines, no voice, you still know the emotions, and, yeah. you know, like, like, you could just pick up on, on everything that, that Toothless is trying to say, or the points he's trying to make, and you feel the emotions through... The way that he non-verbalizes. So I think that, that that's a great point. Okay. So, so Randy Tom will be the MVP of How to Train Your Ra- Dragon. Randy Tom. Yeah, uh, T-H-O-M. Uh, the Hidden World, the final one. Mm-hmm. Score time. We got through all three movies in about an hour. That's good. Well, even less than that because we bullshit a lot at the beginning. <sighs> Again, there's not a lot to... So there is a rumor... Or I think it's not even rumor. It's almost confirmed at this point that there's going to be a, a like a Burke or a How to Train Your Dragon in the third Universal Park here in Orlando when it opens. God knows when now. Um, there's going to be a Fantastic Beast section and a How to Train Your Dragon section, which is just bonkers to me that those two would—they're a bunch of mythical fucking horseshit. Um, there's also going to be, I believe, a Universal Monster area and a—that's where the Nintendo World's going to go, even though that's been delayed indefinitely now. Of course. Well, also, the, the opening in Japan was supposed to happen, I think, this summer. There's already been some pictures coming out, and it looks amazing, but they're delaying the opening of that indefinitely as well. Because cool. uh, COVID is going to fucking cost us everything. Uh, I'm you, i got to run this 5K so I could be in the zombie apocalypse when it comes. Any other comments, notes, anything on the How to Train Your Dragon franchise? Nope. Tom, I mean, I, hopefully, you know, we, we did you... Proud, much as we could, not not my favorite, we but still have to score but I don't right? hate it. I know, yeah, but I I don't hate them. Just if I'm gonna put on an animated movie, I'm gonna put on something else. Yeah, what's your score for the third one? Um, oh, I actually scored first. Oh, so you we scored. Were um, like I said, I had a lot of problems with it, but that last ten or fifteen minutes and what it almost did to me, I got to give it recognition for. So I'm gonna give it a six. I'm giving you a six and a half. Six and a half. So you literally just went a half a tick the whole time. Yeah, well, because I still so, thought it was cute. I like the through line. I love Hiccup and Toothless, so, you know. So seven and a half for the first one, seven for the second one, 6.25 for the third one. So I think probably, as, as far as trilogies goes, at least there's some... There's some legs there. There's And there's also, there's some consistency. Like, we've done the Pitch Perfect series. End of my point that bad sure um next week uh the other half of the uh the tom and carly connection we'll get her movie to wong fu thanks for everything julie newmar um thank you for listening this week's episode of married with movies we encourage you as always to go to arcadeaudio.net for this podcast and the others in our network of shows rate review and subscribe wherever you get your podcast patreon.com slash arcadeaudio the network's series is going hot and heavy over there. This uh, this week, you'll be uh, able to listen to episode six in the series. Um, so we're still rocking and rolling. I mean, it's already been in the books. It's been in the can. We're just releasing it early, kind of like Hamilton. Um, MarriedWithMovies at gmail.com. Let us know what you think of the show. At MarriedWithMovies on Twitter. Facebook.com slash MarriedWithMovies. Anything else, Samantha? As you... Ah! Yep, now it's quarter after oh, ten. Yeah, 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 she's... Oh, man. Those five cup of coffees are way long gone. I'm feeling it.
I'm feeling it. No, I mean, look, it was, it was, it was cute. I'm upset Jillian didn't want to watch him. I get why Jillian didn't want to watch him. Hopefully, maybe when she's a little bit older, um, she'll get into it. But we'll see. Um, we'll see. Yeah. For Mullet. This is Mullet. Signing out for this week's episode of Married with Movies. We'll catch you next time on our couch. Slash the movies. Dragon shit. She does like that dragon game. That dragon snacks? Dragon snacks. They made a toothless version of that. Maybe she'd be into it. Oh. Oh, it'd be cute because you like reach into the dragon's mouth and stuff. Oh, that'd be sweet. Yeah. Hey, congrats on the free money, DreamWorks. Yeah, but it would be difficult because the belly's supposed to light up, but Toothless is all black, so it would be difficult to see through. Wow, the Samantha. He is. He's a night fury. Wow. <laughs> <laughs>